0: Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus.
1: Welcome to the final series of Talk for 12 in 2023. I'm Jill, and I'm delighted to welcome three women to this series, Talking About My Generation, a nod to the song by The Who, which points out the division between youth and older generations. These generational labels, builders, boomers, gen, xyz and alpha, help us to think about patterns in how we work, shop, use technology and relate to others. We're influenced by the social environment we grew up in, but how does that impact on our faith and our approach to Christian community? Are there other things that shape us? In the body of Jesus Christ, we share one hope, one faith, one God, well, let's hear from our guests today. Welcome, ladies. It's wonderful to have you. Jill, could you tell us something about yourself and your generation?
2: Oh, thanks, Jill. Yes, I'm also Jill, and I'm a mother and a grandmother with 11 grandchildren. Lucky me. Yeah. And I'm in my 70s, so I'm part of the baby boomer generation. In my working life, I was first a social worker and then a teacher. When I Google baby boomer, it says that characteristics of the baby boomer generation are that they were optimistic, idealistic, they valued hard work and individualism. Well, I guess that a lot of that does typify me. One thing I thought I'd mention that was really typical of my generation is when I started working, it wasn't universal for women with young families to work. Not a lot of my friends worked outside the home, and consequently there was very little availability of childcare. It was very difficult to either got a friend or your mother or your mother-in-law, and that made working in those days very difficult. What about Mm. you,
0: Suze? So, hi, I'm Suze, and I am a Gen X. I am married with four school-aged children, and I was just going to tell you a few things about what typifies my generation that some of you may remember. So there's things like the fluoro socks and all the fluoro accessories. I also thought about the popular hairstyles over my schooling journey. So in kindergarten, I think there was the page boy style haircut, which was lovely. And then upper primary school, there was the crimper. There was the perm, which was very popular in the high school years. We didn't have quite so much money to do the perm, but I did have a permed fringe. A few other things, we only had two television channels to choose from and you had to wait a whole week until a country practice would come around to be able to watch that again and our telephones had a big long cord on them and so there was really no privacy if you wanted to have a private conversation. There was not really many places you could go with that cord.
1: Yes, but wasn't it nice to talk on the phone?
0: I know, talking (laughs) on the phone is very great, something (laughs) that I think does typify something about Gen Xs. Gen X.
1: Maddie, tell us about you and your generation.
3: Hi, my name's Maddie and I was born in 2001, which means I'm part of Gen Z. During the week, I'm a physiotherapy student and I also lead at Youth Group. My generation is spoilt for choice in terms of identity and career options. At times, this feels freeing that we can choose what we want to be and what we make of our lives, but at other times it feels crippling and it can be hard to know what direction to take and where we're headed. The first iPhone was released in 2007 when I was in kindergarten. So we certainly have been raised with more technology and ways of connecting with people outside our geographical location than ever before. And that's something I've really benefited from, actually. Many of my close friends live outside of Orange and those relationships wouldn't be possible without social media and phone calls. Mm,
1: That's true. We've all come a bit more accustomed to that sort of technology. Do you have a preference for how you communicate
3: Yes I would say my generation don't particularly enjoy making phone calls so we probably prefer to text.
1: Thank you. Do you feel Maddie that you are reflective of your generation or something else?
3: I think in some ways I'm similar to what characterizes my generation. For example I am not a big fan of making phone calls. I have to spend some time sucking myself up to do that but In other ways, I feel like I was raised in another century, almost. My favourite book is Pride and Prejudice, and I like being outdoors and writing letters to friends, which other people my age might not be as interested in.
1: Yes, generation's only one of the things that makes us who we are.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. What about you, Suze? Are you like a typical Gen X?
0: Like Maddie, I think for me, this is an area where there are a mix of things going on. Gen Xs do value practicality. So yes, that's definitely a tick for me. My career path shows that I opted for a career with tangible skills. So that's quite Gen X. And Gen Xs are also known for valuing work-life balance and placing importance on family and personal time. And this is something that I think is also true to me. Another typical trait of Generation X is that they tend to question authority and traditional norms. This is something that's not necessarily true for me instead i'm probably a lot more accepting of authority and i think this is mainly due to my upbringing while my parents were very present and very loving i certainly knew that dad was in charge and you certainly didn't question that another area that i'm not sure that comes from my generation but more from my upbringing is in commitment having a good work ethic and a commitment to seeing things through a commitment to things like bible study and church i really value the ministry of the pew of turning up, of showing priorities, even when it's hard.
1: Yeah, thank you. You've given me a lot to think about my own generation, Suze, and how I fit in. Jill, tell us about communication. How do you communicate most confidently?
2: Well, it was really great to hear Maddie say that she loves writing letters because yeah. I remember a time when that was the only way to communicate, when yeah. my fiancé was overseas for nine months when we were first engaged, Telephone calls were far too expensive to consider making. I think I made one in all the time he was away. And the main way we communicated was writing each other long letters. And that's really great because I still have those from so long ago. I embrace all sorts of communications. I do love texting and I love emails, but I still like to write some letters to my grandchildren who don't live near me. I love WhatsApp groups. I love our growth group WhatsApp. We have a family WhatsApp. So I like using lots of different methods
1: yeah. of communication. Oh, you sound like a very confident adapter of technology.
2: Oh, I don't know. Ask my daughter-in-law <laughs> when I come crying to her for help. It is harder when you are older to stay up to the minute with technology. I appreciate that it's important, so I do make a big effort, but mm. your brain is slower to latch on to new things, so it is harder for older generations.
1: Mm. Suze, so what communication styles do you find most natural?
0: Well, this is one area where I definitely do fit the Generation X mould. Like I mentioned before, I do prefer to pick up the phone and give you a ring. I don't cope particularly well with novel length text messages or emails, particularly if they need a quick response. I don't really sit still for that long to get to the end of the message, let alone to reply in an appropriate period of time. And then when I do reply, my one finger typing and the multiple typos that are encountered along the way leave me quite frustrated. If you need a quick answer, in person or on the phone is definitely your best option. When replying to emails, I waste many minutes trying to ensure I have conveyed the correct tone. I really stew over what to say, how to say it. Am I implying the right message here? But no need to stress about this so much in person or on the phone. You can really express how you feel and what you want to say. And I really feel that people get it a lot more when you share in person as opposed to electronically yeah having said that though i like jill i do really love my whatsapp groups for group messaging our multi-generational Baba study group uses this very effectively we even have a separate chat for our weekly prayer points and if you didn't know there is also a function on whatsapp where you can edit your messages so no need to worry about those accidental typos anymore
1: Oh, I didn't know that we're learning new things Maddie a digital native who loves letters what's your favorite kind of communication style
3: I don't know if I'd call myself a digital native but I probably messenger call friends a lot so then we get to talk not face to face but the closest alternative Um, yeah
1: where you can see their face
3: yeah that's right
1: yeah beautiful all right back to you Maddie do you feel intimidated approaching someone older or younger than you at church for a chat
3: Not enormously so. I really enjoy talking to people with different life experiences and at different stages of life to myself. I'm probably more comfortable talking to someone older and even though I'm the Gen Z here, it takes me a minute to gather the courage to talk to some of our teenagers at church. Yeah,
2: yeah. Jill, can you relate to that? Yes, I feel a bit shy about talking to teenagers. I love talking to most age groups at church because I'm pretty outgoing sort of person but I do feel shy about talking to teenagers they'll think oh what's that old woman doing talking to me. I'm sure they
1: don't think that (laughs) but yes it's natural to feel a bit intimidated isn't it. Sue's in the middle the meat in the sandwich do you feel like that too?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do actually feel quite similar to that I actually do think it's easier to talk to someone that is either my life stage or older. I feel that they've been through very similar life experiences they often have great words of wisdom and can be a great source of encouragement. For me, I think it depends on how well I know someone as well. If I know them quite well, I do actually find it a lot easier to initiate that conversation.
1: What's our go to question for starting up a conversation with someone that's not your generation?
2: I try to use the line at church wasn't that a great sermon this morning? Yeah, not, not we have that in yet because we are encouraged to do that. Yeah, it's a good one. But then I also say, Oh, so how's your week been?
3: Yep. What about you guys? I feel like I don't have a go-to question. I ask really random icebreakers that have no context. Like one time I was sitting on a bus and I was wanting to talk to the person next to me to start a conversation with them. And so I turned to them and I thought I was going to say, hello, my name's Maddie. Where are you off to today? I said what's your favourite food
0: (laughs) (laughs) from nowhere?
3: And he'd (laughs) laugh. He liked hazelnuts and then we had a conversation from there. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Might have to
1: make
0: that my new (laughs) (laughs) favourite.
1: New go-to. Something we all have in common is that we love to read our Bibles and we're trying to do that regularly and well. How do you go about that, Jill?
2: Well, I guess I have the advantage of being retired, Mm. so I have a lot more time. You don't have that commitment to getting up every day and getting the kids off to school or dealing with young children and then getting off to work. And so, although my week still is pretty busy. i sure it But is, yeah. <laughs> I have the luxury of spending time. So, yes, I read my Bible every morning. I have a routine. I get out of bed, I get dressed, and I make a cup of tea, and then I sit down with my Bible and have a time of Bible reading and prayer for about half an hour. And it's a real luxury, and I really look forward to it. I like to use a Bible reading series, The one I happen to use is Every Day with Jesus. It's a little bit old-fashioned, but I find it works for me. Mm. And I find that this keeps me on task. And then I pray. I use the church congregational list to pray through, and I divide Mm. it up into five groups. So I pray for different people every day. And I find a routine works for me. But I am very aware that that's a privilege, because when I was working and I had kids at home to get off to school, I certainly didn't manage to fit in a Bible reading every day. So I don't want to be judgmental. I know how
0: hard it is.
1: The stage of life does make a difference, but it's wonderful to hear that routine helps long-term.
0: Yes, surely. Thank you. Yeah, so that's really encouraging, Jill. That's something that I long for the day where I can do it diligently every day and take so much joy out of that. But I have to admit that Bible reading is something that I do struggle with regularly. I have a daily devotion that's emailed to me each day, and my aim is to read and pray through this each morning. But it depends on how many distractions that I have as to if it actually gets achieved or not. When I do read the Bible, I generally prefer to read from an actual Bible and not on my phone. And I just think this is a great way for the kids to see that I am actually reading from God's Word and I'm not just scrolling something meaningless. I have to say that I really love reading from the Bible with my Bible study group. I find it such a blessing to be part of our group. And this is something that I do make a priority
1: yeah, the benefit of being able to chat through the Bible is helpful too. Yeah, so maybe generational, maybe personality,
3: maybe yeah, of stage of
1: life. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? How do you read the Bible?
3: As much as I am thankful for my phone, I do find it quite a distraction. And so I've found it helpful to try to spend time with God in the morning before I use my phone. So I try to sit down and read the Bible for half an hour or so when I first wake up. And at the moment, I'm reading through Psalms and Ephesians because I like reading the Old and New Testament side by side. I find that really helpful. Yeah, excellent. Ooh.
1: That's really encouraging. Ooh, that is. Isn't it wonderful to have people in our community at different stages of life and with different life experiences to encourage one another? This has been so wonderful. Let's come back in two weeks to chat some more. We'll see you all then. Thanks, Jill.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for Twelve. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals 1, 2. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.